Nation, welcome to Go Blue Players with J&J. You're listening to Jared Bunch and Jamie Morris, your former Michigan Wolverine podcasters, bringing you reviews, opinions, and locker room chatter. Again, we start off the podcast with another victory. And when I say victory, I'm talking about a blowout. The Wolverines beat up on... The Rutgers, well, I don't even know. You know, when you get beat 78 to nothing, you don't deserve to have a, it's just Rutgers. That's it. <laughs> Rutgers. And and this episode, we'll go into conversation about the big 78 to nothing blowout. We'll talk about, again, the return of the defensive domination. And does this score tell the whole story? We'll discuss that. And the big thing we're going to talk about is not only how good is this defense, but how good is Jabril Peppers? Is he a Heisman Trophy candidate? Is he in that top three? Is he the top one? It's, it goes to as it goes down as a Heisman Trophy candidate. Heisman Trophy goes to the best college player. Is Jabril Peppers the best college player right now? And I want to encourage all of you fans. You're doing such a doing us a great uh, service by following our podcast. But we want to encourage you, fans, to subscribe to the Go Blue Players with J and J on iTunes if you haven't already. And if you haven't become a follower on the BlogTalkRadio.com, become one to win exclusive autograph gifts and tickets to the game. So follow us on iTunes. Be a follower on blog talk radio and without further ado i want to introduce my co-host mr jamie morris oh james what's going on jared great game great game saturday night loved every bit of it um really put a butt whooping on on um on Rutgers, and now we move forward with an off week. Look forward to an off week, and then start that six-game road to Columbus. It will be a road to Columbus, and and everyone has been discussing the fact that the Big Ten is, you know, we we are kind of back down to that, you know, two teams at the top and everybody else. But those two teams, in my opinion, Michigan and Ohio State. They are some of, if not the best teams in the nation. And it may come down to like it did back in previous years in the early time with Bo Schembechler versus Woody Hayes. Those times. And then now Jim Harbaugh versus, hey, that coach in my home state from my hometown. And that we'll just leave it at that. So (laughs) we're bringing some coaches' names back in, and we're looking forward to it. But, Jamie, we're going to talk about this uh, in this episode, but you and I were um, texting during the game. And we're going to – what what is it that you thought about when I texted you and score was – I think the score was only – at that time, it was only 60-something to nothing. Well, I, th- I listen, they said there was some bad blood between the two coaches. I, I, I didn't really feel that. I felt that a coach was coming in, a new coach, uh, the defense coordinator of Ohio State uh, was taking over at Rutgers. He needed to establish himself. He wanted to pick on the big bear in the woods, which was Jim Hardball. And um, I think he picked on the wrong bear. 
Um, the previous week, Rutgers had played uh, Ohio State. I think Ohio State took them lightly, not took them lightly, but gave gave them a game, but didn't really put it to them. Jim Harbaugh came in with the Michigan Wolverines. And um, I don't know if you know this, Jarrett, but uh, they had over 200 uh, recruits at the game. And who do you think those recruits were paying attention to, Rutgers or Michigan? So I'm going to leave it like that. <laughs> oh, well, we'll, we'll, dis- we'll discuss that a little bit further because there's a lot to talk about. I mean, um, we have a little bit of, uh, of a difference of opinion on that because uh, as we'll talk about the second half, I mean, there was only three passes thrown. So come on. Uh, I mean, what else can you do? It's like, you know, some, some people talked about uh, playing Madden. They didn't, they've never been a part of a game in Madden like this. So it, it wasn't like they were trying to put up points. I mean, if you're running, you know, in midget league football, if the score is up by, if you're up by two or three touchdowns, you're not allowed to t- run the ball outside the tackles. And Michigan didn't run the ball outside the tackles. So come on, man. It was, you know, but <laughs> and, and you got to stop it. That's, that's it. But we're going to, we're going to talk about that when we come back from this break and Hit you up with the way I see it segment after these messages. Fans, subscribe to the Go Blue Players with J&J on iTunes if you haven't already. And if you haven't become a follower on the blogtalkradio.com, become one to win exclusive autograph gifts and tickets to the games. This is Ward Manuel, athletic director at the University of Michigan. You're listening to Go Blue Players with J&J. All right, and welcome back to Go Blue Players with J&J. This is our welcome uh, back segment that says, The Way I See It. And in the Way I See It segment, we'll provide analysis on the team from a former teammate of Jim Harbaugh's point of view, and we'll give you some inside scoop of how we feel Jim is um, thinking what he's thinking, what he's thinking and what we feel that he is going to tell his teammates, uh, teammates, his players. Uh, I mean, the way the way he has been coaching, um, it's just been lights out. I mean, they, they look so cohesive as a team and the coaching staff seems to be um, really on point. We I even heard some of the players talk about this week that they had been over so much preparation that this bye week. This bye week is is a needed bye week because uh, they've had the hardest camp, and um, these weeks of preparation for for the Big Ten championship and and for Big Ten play that uh, this was a build up game. You know, it didn't matter who they were playing, but they needed this bye week coming up. So we're going to talk about first off, James. Um, this was a, a complete, I mean, domination. If we start talking about numbers, we usually go about go by talking about offense and defense, but where do you start when the score is, is 78 to nothing? Well, if you're a Rutgers coach, you throw that film out and not show it to your players ever again. Um, if you're the Wolverines, you got you, you to gotta take a look at this film and then throw it out. I mean, if you think about it, this was, like you said, total domination. This was a team that didn't come to play, not ready to play. I think they were ready for the first six minutes of the cor- of the first quarter. And then after that, they gave the game to Michigan and said, you guys go ahead and play. We'll, we'll just watch how a, t- a real team plays. 
Um, do you think that's it, or was as this? I mean, Michigan looked like they they played so. T- I mean, we start talking about stats. I mean, um, they were trying. I, I would say that offensively, Rutgers was trying, but when you only, I mean, you punts. Okay, when you're every time you have the ball, it's 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 three downs and out. They didn't get a first down. Their first first down came with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. They had 16 punts for 603 yards. 16 punts for 603 yards. When you are being dominated like that, I mean, what what can you say? I mean, I think they were trying. I mean, Derek, you know as well as I, we, we played football at all, all at, at all four levels, from Pop Warner to high school, from high school to college, from college to pro. And that was the worst display of football I've seen in years. I mean, in my in the years that I played football, it was it was a lack of effort. Uh, it was a team that didn't really have any kind of pride that wasn't out there putting it on the line. I mean, they gave us the emotional eight minutes of, you know, the blackout. They remembered two years ago when they put it on Michigan and beat Brady Hoke's team. But it looked to me that Michigan remembered the game more than them and took it to them and took it to them early. Once Jabril got the ball on the um, on the quarterback, on the quarterback keeper and went around uh, left left in. uh, That was that was it. It seemed like Rutgers packed it in and said, "Okay, they they they're doing what they want to do. We can take we can take it and go from there." And if if, if you thought that was football, this a display of football, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't. Uh, I'm really disappointed. They didn't even give Michigan a game. So, so well, all right. If that's the way you feel, then um, how do you? How do you coach a, I mean, how do you, you know, in, in the game, if, if the defense or if your opponent is not giving you a, uh, a good effort, what do you, I mean, well, when we were texting during the game, we were texting during the game. You coach your kids up and you tell them to play as hard as they can, as, as, as it looked like he did, you play as hard as you can and you build your stats. You build what you can and you go after them hard and you play 110 percent until the game's over, until that whistle's blowed. And it looked like those players were doing that. It looked like defense was coming on all all cylinders. I don't think they had the blitz at all. I think that that front four got it done up front and it looked like uh, the secondary was getting it done. Uh, You saw within the uh, the end towards the end of the second quarter, they brought in another quarterback. So that should that should have told you something right there. Um, from an offensive standpoint, we'll keep scoring touchdowns until they stop us. I mean, it's the old Jimmy Johnson. Um, you know, you, you, we used to criticize teams for running up the score. But was that a case of running up the score or was that a case of Rutgers not really caring? I mean, the only time I saw the Rucker players really care is when they had an opportunity to catch a, a possible interception and take it back for a touchdown. That's the only time I saw them run full strength and act like they did something around on that field. Well, when you look at the stats, okay, and we had uh, 23 first downs, Rutgers had two. We rushed, rushed for 481 yards. 
Rutgers rushed for 34 yards. Now, here's a, a really a stat that um, you have to talk about. I mean, I can't remember the last time that Michigan had three 100-yard rushers. Now, they didn't get three 300 yards, but they had two with over 100 and one with 90-some. And three people with at least, uh, well, here's a stat, nine rushing touchdowns. Nine. <laughs> and the fullback, two touchdowns. That's what I like. Fullback, two touchdowns. And with uh, other running backs, two running backs had two touchdowns um, uh, each. But that is when you start talking about we want to run the ball. I mean, the goal is usually to gain 200 yards of rushing at least. They rushed for 481 yards at 8.6 per clip. 8.6. Now, we talk about getting the running game going and talk about our offensive line and, and really starting to show some domination. I don't care how um, uh, dejected or, or, or deflated you are as a team, but I think that Rutgers really, I, I think they were trying but they were just overmatched by by this uh, offensive line. The defense just defensive line and the entire defense just completely outmatched them. And when you start putting in your second and third string, and it's still same things are happening, you cannot fault the coaches um, for the score being driven up because, they, like I said, they just ran the ball every time. They only threw three passes at three passes total in the second half. So if you know they're going to run and you don't stop it, that's not I it's just football. It this is just football. I don't think there was anything personal about it. Uh, as far as you know, the coach being a former Ohio State coach, I just think that uh this Michigan team did a statement game. That's my that that's what I think. It was a statement game. A statement for what? What are we making a statement for? Are we making a statement because we came we came off of a, a tough a tough fought game against Wisconsin that was that was tooth and nail. So we made a statement game to let everyone know that we can go in the Rutgers. <laughs> the statement is we've been talked about as far as not being able to run the ball. We've been talked about as far as uh, people saying that um, we're not as good as what the the hype is. And we're just playing. There is nothing uh, uh, tricky about what we're doing. When I, I told you earlier in the year that the team, what I thought the team needed to do is be able to run the ball and run the ball when your opponent knows you're going to run the ball. It doesn't matter. We talked about this years ago. That was the way old Michigan teams played. This is what we're going to do. You know we're going to do it. We know that you know you're going to do it. You got to stop us. Now tell me that's not what happened on on Saturday. Everybody knew what was going to happen. They were going to run the ball, and they they, they ran the ball. That's it. And you can't, you can't, you can't fault or you can't say you know they ran up a score or anything. But all they did was regular football. Nothing tricky. They got guys in the in the, in the uh, Michigan offense that I had Henderson, Bobby Henderson, Bobby Henderson had three carries for twenty six yards. He had one right up the middle for a touchdown. Bobby Henderson, I mean, Bobby Henderson came off the bench and he's he he is deep into the uh, 
the rotation. My so point exactly. There, so yeah, I agree with you. But again, you got to have some pride. Rutgers is the same team that that played last year that gave Michigan somewhat of a battle. This year, I mean, in in, in Ann Arbor last year, they gave a battle. They didn't give a battle this year. So that's why I'm a little angry because they didn't give us a battle. Can you be a, at least happy about <laughs> um, coming off where, you know, we're 6-0? I'm happy for the 6-0 and start. I think it's a great start. But we, we, between you and me, we're where we, where we thought we would be. I know that this is where I thought we would be, 6-0. and I didn't think that we would be we would have such a uh, number six game six would be as, as easy. I thought we would have an opponent, a coach that who understands Michigan and the uh, spirit of beating Michigan and challenging Michigan. And maybe you're right. He didn't have the players. He didn't have the guns. He didn't have um, the uh, team to come and play against Michigan. But if you're going to dress up, you got, you got to try to show out. So, well, let's talk about what, what goes on now. I mean, uh, there is a bye week. What type of schedule, if you know, are they going to have this week? Really, it's all about academics. They, they're going to work on grades. They're gonna, um, they'll take a couple of days off. They'll come back in. Uh, they, the, the, today, they'll do the Michigan Mile, um, run the Michigan Mile. Uh, the players that um, the younger players that didn't travel will will get a practice in. Uh, the coaching staff will go on recruiting trips, make recruiting calls. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a down week for them. It's more of a recruiting week and a um, learning week, uh, getting guys healthy or healthier. Guys that are coming back from 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 being not being able to play will get will get healthier and be ready to play and get ready for that next six game, what we call our gauntlet of six games that we have to play. You saw that Indiana competed against um, uh, Ohio State, which we need to get ready for. Um, the teams that we're going to face this next six will, will be difficult, and they look forward to playing Michigan. We will have each and every game that there will be opponents that will compete. And I think that's what the coaches will be um, telling those players. Well, they there'll be a team that will compete, but I don't think that we will play another ranked team until Ohio State. That's a correct statement. But remember, sprinkled in there is your rivalry game against uh, against uh, Michigan State. And no matter what we talk about, Michigan State will be up for that game because that'll be a game to let the nation know that we're still here. It's a, it's a it's a chance for Michigan State to let you know we still are Michigan State. We we have a strong defense and it's in East Lansing. Uh, they haven't set a time for for the for the game yet, but Michigan State is struggling. They have a uh, their homecoming this week against Northwestern, and that following week they'll be ready. They'll be getting ready for Michigan. Well, um, what is the uh, we talked? I mean, we just mentioned that there's no other ranked team besides Ohio State, but how do you stay? I mean, we talked about Michigan State, right? But the mm -hmm. other teams in the big team. Well, you got to get ready. Your home, your homecoming is against Illinois, which is the following week. You got to get ready for the, the Illinois game. And you know, as well as I do, um, that's probably when your most, uh, uh, most alumni come back on campus and 
They want to cheer their their Michigan Wolverines on. That'll be a big game. Then they have Michigan State to follow that week, and then getting ready for the the rest of the race. I mean, you're you're there's no time that you're not going to be favored in any game except for Ohio State the rest of the way. Tough or is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I think it's a bad thing if you look at it from the Michigan standpoint because. Uh, it's showing that the Big Ten is down this year. Last year, you looked at Iowa being undefeated. You looked at Michigan State being being undefeated. You looked at Ohio State being undefeated. And, team, and now the Big Ten is down and you have what you said earlier. You have the Big Two. You have Michigan, Ohio State. And most people in, in their voting and in the polls and everything like that are putting Ohio State in the um, final four but leaving Michigan right on the edge from a number six or number five, saying that these two are going to take care of themselves. The winner of the game will probably go to the final four. Providing that they win the championship game, the big 10 championship game against the West. Right. And that is, um, it's going to, that, that leads for a, leaves for a very interesting setup. I mean, that Michigan Ohio state could, um, me, the, it, uh, once again, that game, the Michigan Ohio State game, could have a lot of implications as to you know the, not only the Big Ten championship, but uh, who goes in to uh, that playoff. And it, it, if let's say Ohio State or Michigan, what I, one or the other, is number one, come time when the Michigan Ohio State game plays is played. Is it possible? And I, I mean, this is, I mean, you don't know, I don't know, but I'm just using this as conversation. Is it possible that they could play in that game and the loser of the game still be in the top four? Because if, say, if they were one and two, they play in a Michigan Ohio State no, game. I think, I think, it, I mean, the scenario is, and this is how the scenario has played if you win, if you lose early, you can get back in. You lose late, you're out. And that's been the scenario that this uh, committee has done over the past two years. So why would they change now? I think the, 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 the most important thing is, is they'll, they'll get a um, January 6th game, which is, you know, the Rose Bowl or something like that. But the, it, 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 I mean, it would stand at like Ohio State. We knew that Ohio State was the better team last year, but Michigan State was able to win, go and win the championship. Everybody knew that. Ohio State should be in the final four, but they wouldn't let Ohio State in because they were the better team and they would have given. I mean, you saw what Ohio, you saw what Alabama did to Michigan State in the final four. I mean, they destroyed them. That being said, that being said, no, I don't think any power five conference is going to get two teams in the final four. They will they, they will work hard to not do that. Right. Right. Which is why they, there's conversation that uh, the Final Four may move up to, uh, you know, more games or more teams so that they can have a, uh, a bigger um, selection or, you know, a, a, a wider range of, of teams playing for that national championship because of something happening at the end of the year, like two top teams playing against each other and one losing and, and un you know, not being able to be considered in that top four just because they lost to, you know, a top two team. 
No. Agreed. Agreed. I, I agree with you on that. But then if you make it, if you go from four to eight, why, why, why won't you go eight to 16? I mean, you, you, I mean, you understand that. I mean, that just becomes the, again, we're talking about college athletes. We're not talking about pro athletes. And every time you add another level, you add just that much. I mean, is it for money? Are you doing it for money? Are you doing it for the spirit of the game? Are you asking final four? You know the, what the question, the answer to that question is. Of course they're doing it for money. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Of course. Yes. Yes. It's for money. Uh, Yes. If if they really thought, if they really wanted to find out who the number one team is, the, 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 there was be a wholly, totally different uh, process. This is not the process. Right. Okay. So, it's about money and, and, and we know it. So no big deal, but um, we got a little bit off of, of, of our, our original and, and how we usually do the do uh, this week's um, show, because of when you, when you, when the game is 78 to nothing, I mean, really, uh, is there a lot? You to- can't point out, right. You can't yeah. point out the bad. There, I mean, is there really any kind of bad that we really saw? I didn't see anything that was really bad because, I mean, Jared, I saw I, the only thing I can point out is Rutger. I can't point out Michigan. Right, right. Well, I, we, well a, after this break, we, there is one thing that, that, uh, that we can't talk about, and, and that is going to be Jabril Peppers and the Heisman Trophy. Can't, uh, trophy. So there's been talk. I mean, it, it, the Heisman Trophy goes to the best player. So we'll, there's been, you know, a lot of discussion of, of, of his play. And that's what we'll talk about in the Big Blue segment when we return after these messages. Fans, subscribe to the Go Blue Players with J&J on iTunes if you haven't already. And if you haven't become a follower on the blogtalkradio.com, Become one to win exclusive autograph gifts and tickets to the games. This is Ward Manuel, athletic director at the University of Michigan. You're listening to Go Blue Players with J&J. All right, and welcome back to Go Blue Players with J&J. You're here in the Big Blue segment. Each week, we choose a topic that Michigan players experience either as a Wolverine player, student, coach, or alumni. And this week, I want to discuss something that uh, I've heard, overheard many times, and that is a question that has come to me that do I think that Jabril Preppers is a Heisman Trophy candidate? And the question is unequivocally, yes, he is a Heisman Trophy candidate. Top three in my my book, I do not have a vote, but the Heisman Trophy goes to the best college player, and as of right now, there's no question that Jabril Peppers is playing uh, at a level of uh, the best college player. I can agree with you, Jared, but let's be honest. It's not sexy enough. Jabril isn't getting the ball on a regular basis in the offense. He's not creating plays like a Charles Woodson all the time and every every opportunity he touches the ball. Now, he's an exciting player, yes, but there are two other exciting, more exciting players in this country, as we both know. Uh, there's the Louisville quarterback, Lamar Jackson, and then there's um, 
the Clemson quarterback, and now sounds like the Washington University of Washington's quarterback is in the running, too. That being said, yes, the Heisman Trophy has always tried to say that they're going to the best player in the uh, in, in the country. It's not always the best player in the country. It's the most sexiest player in the country. And you know that as well as I do. Uh, only one time did it go to the best player in the country at the time. And that would be one Charles Woodson. And outside of that, I don't see um, unless we unless the Michigan Wolverine fans and and everybody in the contingency and everybody in the Big Ten really get behind this. I don't see uh, Jabril Peppers really getting a push. The, the thing I think he can finish in fourth, I think he can finish as high as third. But I don't think he will crest the uh, top two because. When you have Watson at Clemson and you have Jackson at L- Louisville and the way the, the way they play the game uh, at the level, it's just not um, it's not fair. Well, this is what I say. And I think uh, you, you hit it on the head when you said Charles Woodson won it. And it's the same type of player. Um, Woodson returned kicks, returned punts, uh, played predominantly on defense sporadically. They put him on offense. Same. The same. Jabril is doing the same things. Um, let Jabril return uh, one or two, two. You give it two, three, and I think it's his. If he returns three kicks or three punts for for a touchdown, I think that he will win. Uh, let it be against Ohio State. It's for sure. If he returns a return a uh, uh, interception, a punt or kick against Ohio State, and Michigan wins, I think he will win the Heisman. Be- uh, because, because that makes it sexy, like you were saying. The defense is playing very well. He is playing in a lot of different positions that no other uh, collegiate player is playing. I mean, you don't see the combination of a linebacker and a punt returner or a linebacker and a kick returner, or a linebacker and a quarterback. He's playing the Wildcat quarterback, or or <laughs> linebacker and again, wide receiver. Again, you need to go back and look at history. When Charles Woodson was doing all of the things that he did, who was the sexy quarterback? And I, I and this is not a knock against Peyton Manning, but he was not a running quarterback making making all kinds of plays. All he do, all he was doing was throwing it down the field and making and it looked easy. Again, when you have athletes that are playing quarterback the way the Louisville quarterback's doing and the way the Clemson quarterback is doing, you ha- you you get a highlight each and every week. Jabril may make plays. But is he doing plays that are highlight plays that are each and every week? And that's the way you got to look at it. What I say is he is. I think that, I mean, it's a, it's a difference of opinion, but I believe that he is. When you see somebody uh, from the defensive position uh, blitzing and, and getting sacks and then turning around and getting a, a punt return, a, get a nice return, and then turn around and seeing him uh, playing uh, uh, the Wildcat quarterback, Rushing for touchdowns. I mean, he had one touchdown called back. So he he had two touchdowns uh, on Saturday. He had one called back. But uh, uh, it looks sexy to me. 
That, that, it looks sexy to you, but the rest of the country's looking at uh, looking at Lamar Jackson and and watching Watson from Cle- uh, Clemson do their thing. And when you saw Watson doing his thing at, against Boston College, and you saw uh, Jackson had the week off, but I'm just saying you got to remember you're going up against the beast. No, I, I, it's it's an uphill battle for um, Jabril. And like I said, he will get mentioned and he will be in the top three in finishing. But it's really those other two quarter, the other two players in this country that that are, that are sexy and everybody loves them. Yeah. Well, the bottom line for me is I just hope and pray that he continues to play well. And I hope that the team and pray that the team continues to play well, because it's not an individual. I mean, Jabril is doing the things that he's doing because of the coverage of, of uh, that the defensive backfield is doing and because of the defensive line and how they're getting pressure. It's a team sport, and he is able to do a lot of his things because the other individuals on this team have been doing their job. And as long as that continues to happen – Good things will still happen. I that's what I would always hope continues to happen is that he he continues to be a top level guy on a top level team. Bottom line. So, do I think he's a Heisman Trophy candidate? Yes. Can he win it? I think so. Yes. Uh, will he win it? We don't know. We just hope that he continues to play, and we hope that Michigan continues to win. And that was our big blue segment. You have been listening to Go Blue Players with j and I'm Jared Bunch. My co-host is Jamie Morse. Because the team has a bye, next week we'll be back with a special episode and a celebrity guest that you won't want to miss. Believe me. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and become a follower on blogtalkradio.com. Blow, go Blue players with J&J. See you next week. Go Blue. Go Blue.